with us on a journey into the unknown, the unexplained, and the unbelievable. We will test your senses and challenge your beliefs. A world where science and religion clash. Or do they? You will meet real people and hear real stories, but you will not believe. You will witness strange sights and hear strange sounds, but you will not believe. This is the New England Ghost Project. Welcome to the everyone and welcome to ghost chronicles next generation i am ron kolik your host sitting here in the dock <laughs> and with me my lovely co-host who's in her penthouse apartment hi. the blonde bombshell herself in <laughs> Paragon. hi everybody i have light where i live but uh oh it's nice to be back and uh doing a live show woohoo yeah, this More is not only radio, but it's also TV. <laughs> so if you're listening on TogiNet right now, uh, you can go to, uh, well, Ian, why don't you tell them where they can go? <laughs> uh, oh, uh, <laughs> you mean to see the video? Right. To the video to show. see the video. To see okay. The video. So uh, you go to eb-cam.org and you can look for Ghost Chronicles Next Generation. That's uh, the EBCAM website. Or you can go to the Ghost Chronicles Next Generation YouTube channel. We have a YouTube and channel? Yes, we do. You know oh. we do. Come on. Uh, sure. You can go to our YouTube channel and mm -hmm. catch up on this show. And uh, I've, I've started to upload a lot of our past shows. It's taken a long time, but I'm getting there. Mm -hmm. So you can go either one of those places. Yeah. You may even be watching it right now on one of your local channels too as well. So uh, that's true. Yes. Yeah. So anyways, that handsome devil that's uh, joining us right now is uh, a friend of mine. Can I call you a friend, Mark? Sure. <laughs> okay. Or tonight, oh, no, yeah. not, you know, I, I, I'm not sure what my, 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 my uh, status is nowadays with, with different people. <laughs> uh, <laughs> But uh, yes, uh, somebody who I, I've known for quite a while, uh, he is Mr. Gettysburg, as far as I'm concerned. If you want to know anything and everything about Gettysburg, you've got to see Mark Nesbitt. Hey, Mark. Hi, Ron. Hi, Ann. Hi. Great to see you. Right. And judging from your hat, I guess it's the Ghost of Gettysburg Tours. <laughs> yep. It's a little shameless promotion that I'm wearing right now. So why not? Are, are, the, are the tours still open now, Mark, with all this virus crap that's going on? Well, the tours are just starting to open up. Um, they're getting out. I've seen some uh, town tours. We are. We have decided that, at least for the time being, we're going to send out what we call private tours. In other words, you know, people might want to just stick with their with their clan when yeah, they go out yeah. on, a, on a tour instead of mixing it up with a, with uh, some strangers. So we are <laughs> offering private tours right now. And we just do everything special, you know, especially for them, you know, get in and get a guide in and, and set up the tour at their convenience and that type of thing. So we've been doing that. In fact, one's going out tonight. And um, our tours for the general public uh, are going to open on April 10th. And uh, so that's when that's when everything will start happening. But Ron, you wouldn't have believed last summer it was Spring and summer was really, really scary in Gettysburg. I mean, there was wow. nobody, nobody mm. on the streets. And, and uh, you mean, you mean from lack of people, not scary ghosts? 
well, it was even oh, scarier when there's no people here, you know. <laughs> but um, this past weekend, we had our guide meeting, uh, and it was uh, on Sunday. And I was I was sitting there in our in our office and watching people walking up and down the streets, and that that really feels good. I mean, uh, the tourists are our lifeblood uh, in right. Gettysburg, and that's exactly uh, what I was seeing at uh, Trickle. Of, of people coming through, actually more than a trickle, more than I, I thought I'd see. So Gettysburg pretty much is opening up. I don't know exactly what the uh, details are, but a lot of the restaurants are now opening for at least half capacity. And uh, uh, Hunt's Battlefield Fries and Mr. G's and, and, and all the good places that people just like to like the O'Rourke's uh, and, and the Dobbin House and other places like that. People just like to go and hang out. So Gettysburg, I think by, um, by spring is gonna be uh, going about, um, probably about 85 to 90%. Nice. That's awesome. Yeah. That's awesome. Yeah. And, and if you've never been to yeah. Gettysburg, you gotta go. The place is awesome. And it's like crazy haunted. I mean, the first time I went there with uh, when Jeff Belanger was running Ghostology, you remember that? Right. Yeah, and I stayed at uh, one of those fancy new hotels there, and uh, we were up on the the fifth floor, and we had ghostly visitations up there. So nice. that was that was kind of cool. Ooh. I mean, you know, here is a modern building, but that place is just crazy haunted. How yeah, people people don't realize it, but it can. Uh, it can be a brand new building. Uh, I saw, I got a, a, I talked to a person who just had a home built within the last five years. It's on the, uh, right at the base of Little Round Top on the uh, east side. And they said they have somebody in their house that just scares the, scares the heck out of them. Oh so, no. Wow. Yeah. Yeah. What is it? Do they, have it, they seen an, an apparition? Entity. Yeah, it's an apparition. And uh, they say they don't understand it because it's a, it's a, uh, uh, brand new home, but I'm, I tell them, look where you are, you know, you're right there on the battleground and anything can happen. Right. Oh, wow. Yeah. Ooh, cuckoo clock. You can yeah, hear that? It's crazy sometimes. <laughs> yes. <laughs> is so, that your cuckoo clock? <laughs> yes, it is. I, it's actually, I, I was one I was given when I was married. So I got married. So uh, oh, yeah, I, I uh, get it up and run it. So Mark, uh, we went to visit you after Ghostology again, uh, when Richard Felix came over and, uh, and uh, I picked up this little baby. Do you remember this? Oh, yeah. Yeah, oh, the man. ghost train. Well, oh, I missed yeah. yeah, the ghost train. And that's one of the, the the coolest things that I cannot explain is uh, one of the things Mark took us to the engine house, I believe it was, Mark, wasn't it? Yes. And uh, there was a lot of stuff that was going on there. And we were doing uh, a, a video, and would love this, a video interview with the manager there, I believe it was, Mark, right? That you hit yeah. us up with. Yes, yes. And uh, Maureen and a bunch of them were out in the back by the big engines. And all of a sudden we heard this huge, huge bang. I mean, it was deafening, right? I mean, and everyone came running to see what, what it was. And I, you know, you could see it because I stopped in the middle of my interview. But the weirdest thing about it is it was never ever recorded on any of the, the devices that we had running at the time. And that thing was, I mean, hugely clear. So it's kind of like a reverse uh evp yeah. you know how evps you, you mm, yeah yeah so it was kind of like that it, it got i can never explain that's one of the the coolest things that that have ever happened to me as far as i mean i've seen an operation but that one i can't 
you know, at least I can say, well, that's that's an apparition. There's a lot, you know, it could be several things, but mm-hmm. that sound I cannot, ex- I don't, I can't understand it. Whatever it was, it moved outside uh, later because one of the um, um, people that works there was telling me that he was cleaning out one of the cars, mm-hmm. and all of a sudden it sounded like a um, a giant limb landed on the roof. Yeah, and so he ran out, and and it wasn't there. And then about two weeks later, there was nothing there. About two weeks later, we were we were running a group through there as uh, in a as for an investigation, and mm-hmm. we were out there in that very same car, and and I heard it. I mean, it was a tremendous bang right on top of the the uh, a car, and three or four of us. Uh, you know how it is. You everybody else runs away from the sound, but us ghost hunters, right? We, when we run towards it. <laughs> and uh, and uh, we couldn't find anything on top of that. Uh, but the fellow that, that was um, was there, he said that that's exactly the same sound he'd heard. And who knows? I mean, you know, railroads uh, are inherently dangerous. They're even more dangerous back in the old days. And who knows what, what could have wanted our attention uh, at those particular times, but I mean, it, it was just an, I mean, extremely loud. You can see on the video, you, you you know, I'm doing the interview. You can hear the video, by the way, you can hear me asking the questions and, and talking. And then all of a sudden you see us react, but the sound is not there. It's just amazing. Yeah. We go running off. It's like, what, what was that? And, uh, you know, it's, it's, yeah. So wow. that's not only the weird thing that, that happened, not one, it's only one of the weird things I've, uh, uh, had with uh, Mark because uh, Mark came up here and did some events with me. Uh, we did Dining with the Dead. We did a cruise, Mark. We went to the old manse. Remember that? Good time. Yes. Ah, love uh, the old yeah. manse. Yeah. And the uh, the the bridge, Concord yeah. Bridge. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I got some yeah. EVP there at the graves of the British soldiers that were. Yes, left you here. did. Yeah. Yes, you did. Mm-hmm. And one of the coolest things that that uh, you were at the, the graves doing your EVPs and Carol took a photograph. And it's a freaking amazing thing because it looks like this either a baby or a dwarf. <laughs> a dwarf? You. Yeah, if, if you haven't seen it, you can go to my newsletter because I put it in this month is a mysterious uh-huh. photograph. Uh, okay. You can go and see it. And uh, it's, it's yeah, it looks like, I can't explain it. I mean, it's it's red, it has this, Red. I mean, it's not all red. It's like it has a red cloth on or something, and you can see the the. It's weird. I could you ever explain that one, Mark? No, I I have no idea what that was. It wasn't. Uh, um, there wasn't anything there. Nope. Once you take the picture, so. The strangest thing in the, the world. So we've had some fun times together. <laughs> but, I like the uh, cruise too. That was fun. I do too. I still love doing those. Those are one of some of my favorite. Do you know one time we did a. Um, a, uh, it wasn't with you, but we did a uh, ghost hunt cruise where we actually went out and uh, we stopped it off an island where there were murderers and murders and uh, we did other things and we, you know, did EVPs. We had a, a psychic see whether they could pick up. Uh, we even had a um, underwater microphone. What do you call those? Uh, oh, hydrophone? Uh, yes. Yeah. Hydrophone. Yeah. Hydrophone. We set one of those up. And uh, because there was supposed to be, 
Portsmouth Harbor, there was like six Nazi U-boats that, that uh, turned themselves in after the war. And there was supposed to be a couple that, that actually got sunk by there yeah. off the coast as well. So we try to contact uh, if there was anybody under the water, not saying that we could get that because we could get anything else. But yeah, and we got a voice back. My, Mark was, was the one that, uh, you know, Mike, uh, Ann? Yes, yes. Your, Mike yeah. Markowitz. Yeah, yes. your, remember your, your East Bridgewater team? Yes. And uh, he got a, a fascinating uh, little EVP from under the water. So it's oh, a, it's, neat. It is. It's the coolest thing. Very cool. So Mark has been um, investigating for God as long as I can remember. And uh, he start, you started out as a park ranger, right? That is correct. Back. Uh, Farther back than I'd like to admit, but yeah, <laughs> yeah, I started, I spent the five or six years at Gettysburg as a park ranger, and um, in fact, that's where I started having my first experiences there, because I was just just, just a historian, I was not a, a, a ghost hunter or paranormal investigator, and I uh, I lived in some of the, of the houses out on the battlefield, they, they put park rangers out there for security reasons. And every one of them I was in, there was something strange that happened that I could not uh, explain. And, but the one that really kind of got me going was I, I lived in the um, cemetery lodge, which is that big brick building right in the National Cemetery oh, yeah. there. And uh, I remember one afternoon I was alone there and I was, I, I was actually cleaning up my dishes for, uh, from my lunch, which is very rare. And uh, back when I was a bachelor. <laughs> and um, the, and I was carrying my dishes out to the kitchen, and I I heard the strangest crying, squealing sound coming from the inside the house. And I, I, I literally stopped in my tracks, and I and I thought to myself that sounded like a baby crying. But I was like, that's insane. I can't. You know, there's no baby in here. It's just me. So I'm, I don't know. A couple of days later, I, I mentioned it in the, in the coffee room, and uh, one of the other park rangers says, "You need to talk to such and such who lived there before you." I said, "Okay." So I got in touch with her, and I asked her. She says, "Oh yeah." She said, "I heard that baby crying half a dozen times. In fact, one time, I even started to run upstairs because, you know, forgetting that my own children are grown, <laughs> and I thought, you know, I thought there was a baby up there, and I was trying to figure out what it could be." And finally, I realized that that cemetery lodge is only about two doors uphill from the old orphanage. Oh. The orphanage that was there, uh, that was constructed and opened in 1865 after the, after the Civil War for the many uh, orphans that were left uh, after the Civil War. I never knew that. Wow. Yeah. 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 And uh, the, uh, the story of the orphanage is the, the first uh matron there was was kindly and then the second one that came in was was mean to the kids Aww. and so she would she uh would make them stand outside on a barrel in cold weather till they fell off and stuff like that oh. so that was um uh probably at least in my mind the um uh where where they eat well once again it wasn't evp because i heard it Mm -hmm. where that sound came from where that crying child came from so but that got me going I started collecting stories from then on and um kind of got the reputation even even though I hadn't had a book out yet that I that I enjoyed the ghost stories 
um, and um, had kids from the college come and interview me about ghost stories and then turn them into papers. Cool. Years later, nice. when I was doing my book, I uh, uh, borrowed, I was allowed to borrow some of the papers in Dr. Emmons, Charlie Emmons, his, uh, his files, and I'm looking through them and looking at the uh, sources, and here I'm named as some of the sources for the stories in these college papers. So, wow. you know, just going around the circle. So that's what got me started. And so the first book came out in 1991. And um, uh, within two weeks, it took me about 10 years to, to pull all the stories together. But within two weeks of the publication, I was getting letters and phone calls and faxes. This is way before email or anything. Yeah. And all these uh, letters were saying, you know, I usually started off something like me my neighbors are wrong. I'm not crazy. Here's what <laughs> happened to me at Gettysburg last summer, two summers ago. Wow. So, and the letters still come in. I still get letters and stories. Things are still happening out there on the battlefield and in the town too. Of course, the town has is, is, uh, got a lot of activity, as you know. But uh, one thing led to another. Uh, I was actually approached by the borough of Gettysburg, uh, one of the, one of the, uh, the historian actually down there. And he asked me if I would be interested in taking some of my stories and putting together a tour because they had a little problem. All the, all the tourists would stay down on Steinware Avenue about a, about a mile from the center of town. And we had, had a beautiful little town there, but nobody was, none of the tourists were coming up. Oh. And I said, sure, I could put one together because I'd done that before with stuff for the Park Service. And um, on June 4th, 1994, my first tour went out from the square, actually the circle there in town. <laughs> and we went through the college campus and all around and, and, and uh, came back. And that was the very first Ghosts of Gettysburg tour in 1994. So that was 20, 20 Long time 27. Ago. <laughs> 27. Well, more than that. Well, because we just had our, I guess about 27. I yeah. Can't. Wow. Let me get my calculator out. <laughs> no, that's right, because my daughter was born in 94. She's going to be 27. That's, that's pretty cool. There you go. And you're still doing it. That's the amazing thing about it. Wow. Still so at it. Sh st shows you a, a, a proven and time-tested uh, tour that it's it's worked out. But your tours change, right? They're not always the same. Oh, yeah. And in, in the uh, over the years, yeah, we've, we've introduced tours. We've taken some out. Uh, put put new ones in. We had uh, two years ago. Uh, we put in the West Confederate tour, which is uh, a lot of people don't realize it, but the Confederates actually held the Gettysburg for for two days, and um, one of the places where they were was along West uh, West Middle Street, and so we take the people down to West Middle Street. We actually named the the units, the brigades that were there, because that may have something to do with some of the activity in the houses that are down there uh just like our house like our our building we had we had georgia troops uh in our building and one in particular who was actually from louisiana and he was um uh his name is hank and uh at least two of my employees have literally run into him <laughs> at night i mean they had to walk around him to get out of the building he seems to go on guard duty uh, after all the lights are off, probably his last orders. 
huh. or to guard the the wounded in the house and don't let anybody go by. So uh, that that uh, that other tour, the West Confederate, takes people out to that area. So we have that one. We have the Steinware Avenue tour, takes people down to the edge of Pickett's Charge. Mm-hmm. Um, we're working on another tour you know it's always always one of those things that you have to keep changing and adapting because people don't want to take the same tour every time right they don't because they have we have so many guides that they'll they will get another guide and a different tour even if they take the baltimore street tour or the carlisle street tour uh the guides have their own favorite stories so they may not hear all the stories on one tour but hear hear some others on the next so. mm-hmm. that always amazed me because um uh... Yeah, we, I do the, the ghost tours for the Portsmouth Harbor Lighthouse, uh, Jeremy D. Dontremont and myself. And, uh, but we never changed them up. And we would, you know, basically we, we'd do three or four tours a night. And well, in the beginning, we'd do three or four by the night. By the time we were done, we were doing twice a night. And that was it. But, <laughs> yeah. but uh, you know, it was exactly the same tour over and over again. You, you know, that we had different results because we did experiments and stuff. But uh then I realized that people were coming back again. So it's like, ah. oh, you came back, same tour. It's like, oh my God, we're going to have to start changing things mm. up. So yeah, you, you do have to uh, change things up. But uh, uh, y- y- so you do have your different guides and you, do you ever go out of yourself at anymore? Or are you actually pretty much retired from that? I, I used to take out uh, tours for uh, nonprofits. <laughs> We'd go out on the battlefield with a bus and I'd take people out and and give them a tour for free and, but i um not not the walking tours my guides yeah. do a but much better job than i do um uh, i'm um but i write better than that they do i was so just that, gonna say that i mean that's, you, you that's are right there you yeah. go how many, how many books do you have mark uh i have i'm working on ghosts of gettysburg nine wow for the ghost of gettysburg books i have about 20 six or seven books out. God bless wow. You. That's amazing. Yeah. Very prolific. Not Did... as amazing as some of my friends. Catherine Ramsland has 70 books out now. Holy crap. Yeah. Wow. Do you, so do your guides dress up uh, for the tours? Yeah. They, they have uh, period clothing. Uh, the women wear the big hoop skirts and the guys wear the... Nice the uh, baggy pants and the, and the jackets and top hats, stuff like mm-hmm. that, or so a soldier stuff. Oh, I was gonna say, are they dressed as a soldier and which side? Which uh, whatever side they want. Yeah, they, they, yeah. they get either to one. Pick. Yeah. Yeah, and they all have lanterns, so it, it adds a little bit to nice. it. Nice. Yeah, so it's, it's, a, it's a enjoyable experience. We rarely get anything but compliments Oh, for yeah. uh for our guides i have i'm lucky i have some pretty good guides nice. one woman who's, who's been with us 25 years wow yeah my, it, 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 i'm sorry go ahead Ian. The, my husband and i are dying to go back to gettysburg because we went there a million years ago when the kids were young and we camped down in hershey uh because of course the kids wanted to go to hershey park but we took a day trip uh to gettysburg and it just was not long enough and i was dying to do a ghost tour and, and we couldn't stay, you know, cause we had the dog back at the camper. So, <clears throat> you know, even my husband's like, we're going to go back to Gettysburg and we're going to take a ghost tour. <laughs> even he wants to do it. So and, and be honest with you, you don't even have to believe in ghosts because uh, I took a, a ghost tour in uh, 
uh, historic uh, Williams, Williamsburg, Virginia, mm -hmm. you know, yeah. and I, I wasn't even into ghosts at that time. I had no interest in them whatsoever, but I took my son, my wife and I took a thing and it was the nicest experience. experience. I really enjoyed it. So even if you don't believe in ghosts, they're a great thing to, to take. You, you get the, the history aspect history. of it, but it's just the, just the, uh, the ambiance and everything else. It's just amazing. And if you got good guides, it's excellent as well. Well, I remember coming to Gettysburg as a tourist and um, was was a little disappointed that, you know, you have dinner back then, darkness hits, and that's it. You go yeah. for a swim in the pool and you go and watch TV just like you would if you were home. So there's, there was really nothing to do. No nightlife. <laughs> so now, yeah, so now there is something to do uh, at night. Actually, for the last 27 years, there's been... <laughs> stuff to do at night the uh the ghost tours and of course we have competition now we're not the only game in town uh, um but that's okay you know we our tours are are half history and and, and half ghost stories mm -hmm. i like to set the um I, I like to set the stage a little bit for the ghost story tell the history why it could be on why the place could be haunted <clears throat> and then tell the ghost story i think that's much more effective and it's it's easier, I think, to remember the history when you associate it with with something like that, the, with the folklore. Um, oh, yeah. History is tough enough to remember when you have just names and dates. Right. But it's easy to remember when you associate it with a ghost story. I think. And, and not only that, That's if you know, you know, <laughs> some some woman drags her poor husband or boyfriend along, you know, he's got something. He doesn't believe in this stuff. Ever interested in it? He's got the history <laughs> part too to, to keep him uh, interested as well. So, mm -hmm. yeah, that, that part is nice. So, are you still associated with the uh, lady uh, Daniel Lady Farm? Daniel Lady Farm? No, not as much as as I used to be. Yeah. Um, we don't, we don't, we're not doing the same things that we did uh, years ago. We used to have these uh, uh, mysterious journeys weekends where people would yeah, come in yeah. for uh, uh, the weekend and we take them to three or four places to investigate. That's where mm -hmm. the railroad engine house came in. But, um, and that was a Daniel Lady farm also. So, but I haven't been out there in a while, but that, that's a very active place. Very active. I, 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 I had my, uh, sleeve pulled when I was outside once I saw a um, up on the tree line a uh, a man that had uh, red pants on mm -hmm. now this might sound weird but one of the stories especially around that um, ridge that I was looking up was of uh, Latimer's battery of artillery and they took they took a tremendous beating up there and they many of them ended up back at the lady farm wounded and the interesting story about that is you know each branch of the service at that time had different colors to of, of, of trim for insignia and in other words uh, infantry was light blue cavalry was yellow and artillery was red and at the beginning of the war and maybe even into gettysburg some of them had just red pants that was their that's what what their insignia you could always tell it an artilleryman and I, I keep thinking was that what i saw up there because i asked the group that i was with is everybody here did anybody wander away and they're like no so hmm. yeah the lady farm is very very uh very active and very interesting 
And you had the experience with that uh, Phantom, Phantom Blood. Oh, yeah. Yeah, that was that was remains probably the weirdest thing that ever happened. Happened to me. I was uh, I was at, at the at my office in Gettysburg and I got a phone call from the uh, caretaker out there. And he said, Mark, if you want to have a paranormal experience going on right now, get out to the lady farm. <laughs> Who can pass that up, right? Yeah. Okay, I'm gear. on my way. <laughs> yeah. And uh, and I got out there and I got my stuff out of the car and I'm wondering what's going to happen. And when he opens the door, is I'm going to jump out of me or something. <laughs> but he said, I'm not going to tell you. He opened the door. He said, I'm not going to tell you what's, what's going on. I just want to tell you that yesterday we cleaned this place top to bottom because we knew we were going to have some reenactors touring yesterday. And they did. He said, then this morning when I came in, I found this and he opened the door to the front room, which is the uh, operating room, we determined, because there are blood stains all over the, uh, the room itself, soaked into the wood floor. Even handprints, right? There was a handprint right near oh the door where God. some poor guy pushed himself up to go wow. to the operating table next. Oh. And right there in the middle of the room were four or five long, I mean, five, six foot long, streaks of a rust colored liquid there were little droplets of this liquid outside of it that were starting to crystallize and there was like a clear serum that was around the outside of these rust um colored liquid stains and i and i'm looking up at the ceiling and i and i asked him i said tom did did you have a pipe break and of course the ceilings are all whitewashed I said, how about in the basement? He says, no, these just showed up. So I, I took video. I took uh, still pictures. Yep. We put a, we put a uh, yardstick down. And finally, I asked him, I said, do you have any, do you have any tissue? He says, yeah. So we got a tissue and I dipped the, in, the tissue in this liquid. And I put it in a baggie. And I'm like, my work here is done. I, I don't He says, well, I got to get out to the fields. I'm, I'm. I'm not doing, get my work done. I got to get out. Uh, he said, I don't know what I'm going to do about this. He said, well, I'll take care of when I get back. So he leaves, I leave. About two hours later, I get another phone call from him. I, and I said, what's up, Tom? He says, it's gone. I said, what do you mean it's gone? It's gone. It's disappeared. I said, I'll be right out. <laughs> I go and I walk in and I got my video camera going. And I walk into the room and there's there there's nothing there. So in fact, I have the video of him bending down to the spot and rubbing his hand all across it. He says, oh, right here, wasn't it? I said, yeah. I says, what the? He turns over his hand and he's got dust, a thin layer of dust on his fingers. And he's, he, he's like, what the heck is going on here? And oh um, Carol was with me and she said, well, wonder if the other, the tissue is still here. So she ran out to the car and it was intact. Mm -hmm. So I said, I don't know what to say. Um, but the GBPA is very, very well connected. And they, they took some of the, the, uh, the tissues. They said, we're gonna send this out to a, um, uh, forensics lab, which they did. 
three weeks later, the report came back. The liquid was blood and the species was human. Oh, wow. Imagine that. That's crazy. That's a, that, and that was, I'm serious, Appeared a lot. and disappeared. That's crazy. Yeah, now appeared you, and disappeared. You had pictures? And Did you take pictures or video? And yep. pictures. Oh, I, my. I'll show yes. you what I, I have one of them that Mark sent me. It's. I uh, would love stuff. to see that. I would love to see that video. And the strange part about it is that, you know, people would say, well, he just cleaned it up. Well, no, because you can't clean it up because there were handprints and pool, you know, stains of blood that were tested. Um, and um, they've been there 155 years. Okay. You can't get the blood out of the out of the. Uh, and, and you've been there so much, so many times. You would have noticed that blood if it was there all the time, and it oh, was. Yeah. yeah, yeah. So it's, it's to me that's one of the most fascinating stories. It's was it a time slip, perhaps, or I, I don't know. It's, I, any guesses, Mark? Well, that's about it. You know, time reversed. If that's what really happened, I don't, you know, it's hard, it's hard to admit that something like a time slip or, uh, you know, it would happen to, to you, to me, right. you know, but I really, I don't have any other, any other explanation for it. It's the strangest thing that, that's ever happened to me. That's nuts. It's unexplainable thing. Wow. It's pretty cool. <laughs> Mark, it's Mark like always Go ahead, Dan. No, but I mean, as a paranormal investigator, that's the coolest thing that could possibly ever happen to you, <laughs> I <Wow>. think. <laughs> yeah, pretty cool. Okay. I think it's cool. But, uh, you know, talk about time slips. Max always tells a story about, uh, was it University of Gettysburg or one of the colleges up there? I right. The elevator college. Was it the elevator that they, yeah. they had a they had some type of experience yeah. as well. Yeah, now that one, um, at when I first collected the story, I thought I had to put it into the fact to, to legend, okay? Because uh, it was told to me, not by the people who experienced it, but but years later, something happened that that um, uh, solidified um, a first person account. But the story is that two, uh, the, the building is old dorm. It's the biggest building uh, or was the big, biggest building at the, t at the time of the battle and became a hospital. Most of the operations went on in the lower floors and then recovery from surgery would go on the upper floors. This is like a three or four story building. And um, uh, modern times, it became the administration building for Gettysburg College. And um, a couple of administrators, female administrators were working late one night and um, Finally, about 11 o'clock, they said, that's it. Let's, let's pack it up. Let's go. And they got on this, the elevator to go down to the first floor where the doors for the exits were. And the elevator started going down and went past the first floor. And they're like, oh, no, what's going on? We got to get out. We're tired. Got down to the basement. The doors opened to a scene completely out of time and reason. It was a scene of a hospital, Civil War era. Uh, outside the doors of the elevator, men were lying around in, in bloody heaps, waiting to become the next victim of the, of the surgeon. There was a surgeon standing in front of them. There was a body on a couple of uh, barrels and a, uh, and a door. Uh, the surgeon had his, his uh, 
saw in hand. He was oh. getting ready to perform an amputation. And um, uh, of course, they're pressing the button to get out of there. But <laughs> Frantically. Yeah, the uh, elevator's frozen. Bing, 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 bing. Moment of time. They're, they're freaking out. Uh -huh. And all of a sudden, this, this orderly came around the corner and looked at him. And he was like within two feet of them, and it just scared him. And uh, he, he just spoke with him with his eyes. He's like, you know, either get me out of this, let me get on there with you, or come back, come out here and help me with this never ending job. Finally, the doors slowly closed oh. and they went up to the first floor and ran immediately over to <laughs> security because they were scared yeah and okay. i interviewed the security man later on when i was doing the story and, and he he confirmed who the women were i knew them both and he said oh they were scared they were scared to death we went back over there and um, we got on the elevator and because I thought, he said, I thought we were going to catch a fraternity, you know, and they'd never be able to tear down what they described. Just doing, you know, playing a joke on the administrators. They got in the elevator, pushed the button for the basement. The doors opened to a completely pristine area. <laughs> in fact, there was a um, cinder block whitewashed wall, probably four feet from the five feet, maybe 10 feet from the... Um, uh, elevator opening and it had all the electrical uh, boxes on it panels yeah yeah and so they uh they were they didn't know what what, what was happening but the, the story the story stands interestingly enough a couple years uh probably 10 years ago i was doing autographing at gettysburg college in the bookstore and a couple came in and they said yeah we read you we like your books we read them um the uh, you know that the, the woman that had the ele was in the elevator i said yeah yeah I said uh we know her i said you know her you know well, you must know such and such because there were two and they said no i said well you must know such and such and they're like no and i said who was it and they said it was a friend of ours and the story was very similar except that she wasn't working for the college she was working for a um um accounting group that was doing an audit they were up on the top floor and they said will you go down to the cars and get some paperwork and she said sure so she got uh, on the elevator and i know this because i called her up she lived in denver and i interviewed her and she so she told me this whole story and it was virtually identical the elevator went past the first floor to the basement doors open same scene she described exactly the same scene oh my god so she got out of the elevator and uh, uh went back upstairs and said i'm not going down that elevator anymore. <laughs> take the stairs thank yep. you <laughs> yeah. and i'd i'd heard from a guy that said his his brother-in-law also had that same experience he was doing some work at gettysburg college but i haven't been able to track him down i've spoken to the guy that contacted me but i I haven't spoken so I can't I can't validate that one until I talk to the guy. Right. But um yeah that and and apparently stuff still happens at at old dorm and on the college campus and maybe my theory is because there's so much energy there. You know what it's like at college on a on a Saturday afternoon oh, you that's true. Yeah. Game, parties that kind of stuff there's a, there's a lot of energy on a college campus but in particularly Gettysburg College since you also had a lot of 
young men dying at one time uh, on that campus. You know, what about the aspect of being in the basement? Do you think being uh, below ground that had the earth had some effect on it as well, it created that maybe, I don't know, a focus or something perhaps? Uh, yeah, I think so, because there is another story that I got um, before the um, Musselman Library was built. They, uh, that, that was an area called Stein Lake. They called it that because every time it would rain, it would, it would flood. It was a depressed area. And it was right outside of Old Dorm. And of course, I used to go out and I used to play football in the mud and that kind of stuff when it rained. But um, the, uh, that's where a lot of the temporary burials were and burials of limbs yeah. out in that area. Yeah. And uh, that was exactly where they decided to put Musselman Library. And they started digging there for the foundations and everything. And now, of course, Gettysburg College doesn't talk much about it, but apparently some of the workers out there just stopped working. They're like, nope, we're not, we're not digging here anymore until you get a priest in. Oh. And bless this. And apparently they did. And uh, they, I, I don't think they had any more problems, but uh, they did at least at that one time. And then, of course, uh, there's um, uh, Brewer Hall, which has, um, it's the, uh, it used to be the music department. And so they have in sort of, sort of below ground, they have these um, music carols where people can go in there, close their, close the door, or they oh, used yeah. to have them, and practice for their recitals. Mm -hmm. And uh they had experiences down there too. So ooh, 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 creepy musical experience. <laughs> they'd hear, they'd hear uh, one woman late at night heard uh, a song down at the end of the hall. She thought, thought she'd been alone. So she's walking down at the end of the hall and she recognizes the tune and it's Dixie. Mm -hmm. And she gets to the door and she recognizes that it's a harmonica playing it. And she got, then she got concerned because she knew there were no harmonica majors yeah. in the music department right she opened the door to the room and then all the music stopped oh wow that is cool i, lo <sighs> I love those musical ones I, I i've never experienced it but i would love to uh there's many reports like that in, in hotels and ballrooms and everything else that yeah they hear the music they go in and it all stops it's it all noise. stops yeah yeah that's so cool you know, Mark, the one thing I like about you is, is you, know, you know, you heard a story and you went and you investigated it, which, you know, a lot of groups today don't do that. They just hear a story and they accept it as truth or they read it on the internet even worse and accept right. it as truth. Right. Yeah. <laughs> but, yeah. you know, uh, uh, sometimes you can prove that stuff. Uh, I was uh, looking, uh, watching a documentary today about uh, Sleepy Hollow and the, the legend of Sleepy Hollow, of course, Ichabod, I mean, um, the, the Hessian Hossman, he was a, a, a Hessian who got his head blown off in a, in a cannonball. This guy did research. He, he found the journal of a, uh, uh, a general from the Revolutionary War who fought at the Battle of, uh, uh, I think it's called White Plains. I could be wrong with the, the name on that. I think it's White something or other. But that was the only battle where cannons in uh, Hessians were involved in, in that particular area. So that he figured that and he, he got this journal for the thing. He thought it was just gonna be about his life and everything. But he mentions in, in the journal about a Hessian 
soldier who actually got his head blown off by a cannonball. So, you know, that's at least he would he did some research and you know is a legend written as a fictional book a scary book by the way it was very popular at the time and uh, it proves it you know it kind of proves that it, it was real the at least as far as the the uh the character himself right whether he came back and looking for his head is another story but that, <laughs> but uh when you you uh, also had the you still have the uh, the building in uh, downtown where you run your tours out of. Yes. Yeah. Yeah, and that that one's haunt was haunted pretty well too. I mean, you had an apartment up there at one time, I believe, right? Yeah, there. Uh, it's um, we have someone in it now. Our mm -hmm. our manager is is living there with her husband, but um, that is. Um, uh, definitely active. In fact, the very back room, I don't know if you remember that or not. I do sorry. remember it. That's why I brought it up. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. That, that is probably the most active room it is the most active room in the house. One of the most active in Gettysburg. It's really, uh, um, well, we have, we have what we call our resident ghosts that are in there. And that would be, uh, Mrs. Kitzmiller who owned the yeah, house. I love it. He knows the names. That's right. the cool part oh, about yeah. it. <laughs> yeah. Well, you know, that, that's that we get that from some of our mediums. And when mm -hmm. two mediums come up with the same name, like Kitzmiller, you know, right. at different times, you know that, that something's going on. And of course it, it matches the, the, um, uh, the records. Right. Who owned the house and she owned the house the longest. We, uh, and we think her, uh, one son, he's been seen and we actually got a photograph of him. Oh. Really? Yeah, yeah, it's in Ghosts of Gettysburg 7. Yeah, and um, so we have, um, and then this, uh, we have a, a priest that comes in here periodically, and we did one of these, those experiments that you like so much, Ron. We had a recorder going, and we asked the, the priest to help us out, and we started the Lord's Prayer and said about two or three lines and then just stopped. And, of course, we didn't hear anything, and except when we played it back, we heard a kind of a, a muffled "Thy will be." Oh, a continuation. A continuation. Of wow. Yeah. Yeah. And uh, so um, that that was interesting. But he just show, he doesn't show up all the time. He's not he's not there all the time. So sometimes he won't answer. Um, and uh, one time uh, we there was a fellow up there. I was doing EVP trying to get EVP and you know how you'll do that. You like to make it really quiet and everything. And he had one of my EMF meters. He was sitting in a chair and he had the meter on his lap and he'd forgotten to turn it off. So um, all of a sudden I hear it going off. And so I stopped the EVP session. And I said, did you, did you move that? Did you move the, he said, no, it was sitting right here. It wasn't moving. So what that told me, was that something came to him that was electromagnetically charged. Mm -hmm. Something moved to him, which that stuff doesn't happen in a house. I mean, wires don't move around and stuff like right. that. Mm -hmm. It had to be an independent source for the electromagnetism. So that was pretty, that happened in that back room. And then there was a time that we tried to set up a, uh, a separate room in there to make a psychomantium, which is- uh, Oh yes. Dr. Moody's, yeah. yeah. And uh, so we had, we hung black drapes all around the ceiling in one corner. 
and and we're getting ready to do something else and then all of a sudden one of the mediums said boy everything's just changed here there's a there's a really negative feeling in here now since we set that up hmm. and um so the next day we went in there again and this negative feeling was still there so they they thought they'd, they'd ask so they asked mrs kitzmiller and the one one of the mediums uh, practically broke down she says this this used to be the nursery and um, if you go to the Kitzmiller graveyard, you realize that there's one um, tombstone there that all it says across the top is babes. Oh. So there are children, more than one, who died probably in that room. And so when we put up that black, um, that black draping, that reminded Mrs. Kitzmiller, and that's when everything got real real sad in there oh. down it came yeah we can yeah. we can do this um uh psychomanium somewhere else but uh, mm -hmm. we took all that stuff down and, and it went back to the way it was mm -hmm. yeah that would make sense because that's the you know they used to drape the, like even the mirrors they would cover the mirrors yeah. with black uh cloth as well yeah that's yeah. that would yeah. make sense like yeah it was good putting two to two together on that yeah oh, wow so wow. you uh you got involved with the little app thing huh that i mm -hmm. understand yeah yeah we um got hooked up with a, a a company that's developing apps for all these different historical uh sites and they they did one for uh the battlefield of gettysburg and then they found out that we did ghost tours mm -hmm. and uh, fortunately we have a pretty good reputation around town <laughs> and everybody they talked to said go to the ghosts of gettysburg and so we um created a an app that you can download to your phone nice. and it will take you out on the battlefield now you can't we cannot take tours out on the battlefield with a guide that's a commercial enterprise yep. and you can't do that yep. but you can create a tour like an app or a cd and uh, so now people can download the ghosts of gettysburg battlefield tour app nice take it, take it when there's lots of great photographs on it and if they want to they can take it while they're at gettysburg and the best part is you don't even have to be at gettysburg you can run it for yourself and your family when you're home and just want to visit gettysburg <clears throat> oh that's awesome i remember we went and i mean i think we had a cassette i forget I don't yeah, that's know. what they went. They back in the day. That's what they used yeah. to use. Yeah, and we had we had it and we had it in the car, and we drove all over, and it was hotter than the hinges. Uh, <laughs> I think well, it was. And, I think it was the end of August. <laughs> at least it wasn't an A track like I had. Yeah, I'm <laughs> <laughs> uh, dating myself again. Hmm. Oh God, yeah, it was cool though. It was. It was. I. I loved. Uh, is it little little big top? Little round top, little round, little top, round top. Sorry, not big top. top. Where they, well, there's a big, big round top too. They yeah. have all the uh, markers, right? Uh, all over it. I loved that. That was really neat. A cool spot too is uh, Devil's Den, mm -hmm. and uh, also the bridge. Yeah, Sachs Covered Bridge. Yes. Is, That's uh, this is, is why cool. I have to go back because we didn't get to see nearly enough. Yeah, yeah. And then, of course, the triangular field. Oh yeah, is, yeah. is right next to Devil's Den, and that—that's a, 
you know, people always ask me, where's the most haunted place in Gettysburg? And it actually changes. You know, one year I heard it was Spangler Spring and there was a lot of activity out there and then a couple other places. But but consistently it's Devil's Den and uh, the Triangular Field that that you can you can do an investigation out there almost any time and, and pick up EVP or strange photographs oh, yeah. or, or whatever. Yeah. And I wasn't into the ghost thing then either. Yeah. So if I go back, I'm definitely bringing my recorder. You got to see oh, yeah. Mark if you're going to yeah. go back. You know, oh, yeah. The best yeah. tour in town. Absolutely. But uh, Ghost of Gettysburg Tours, that's what we're talking about. Right. And, uh, you know, last time I was there, we stayed at the Little Round Top Farm and mm -hmm. uh, Mark arranged that for us, which was awesome. Nice. And uh, Jim Stonier, who was uh, my EVP guy uh, at the well, he still is. Uh, he went in the first, we just got there and he walks in the door and he sees this cat, right? Now, Jim loves cats. So he's, he's like, oh, look at the cat. So he went into the, the, the parlor. So he goes into the parlor after it and there's, there's no cat. <laughs> he swears, absolutely swears he saw a cat. And not two minutes later, Maureen comes in the door and uh, She's she you know I went in first and did some stuff and then uh, I come into the, the the room and I'm coming down the stairs and she says how'd you get up the stairs and I says well I've been there that's why I came in I went upstairs to look at the bedrooms and she says no I saw you go into the living room so I had a doppelganger go into the <laughs> freaking living room <laughs> so that that place was great we I absolutely loved it. Uh, and it was one room in it that, that none of the girls would go in, uh, either Laura or Worcester or, or, or uh, Maureen would go in it because they didn't like the, the vibes. And I said, oh, I know my bedroom. <laughs> <laughs> you stay so, in there. <laughs> so, I, yeah, well, I had this bright idea. I said, you know what? I'm going to put a camera in it all night long. Mm -hmm. So I put a camera in it and uh, I forgot the camera was there. So, Oops. No one's ever seen that footage. That's good. <laughs> That's, that's well, that, that house, that farm, um, they call it Little Round Top Farm because it is at the at the base of the um, eastern end of Little Round Top, which means all the casualties came back to that area. Oh. And it was the, either to that farm or to the next farm uh, south that all these casualties came. And part of the house is original. They just built around the original um, uh, section of the house. The barn is original. It's a very small barn. Yeah. But that was filled with wounded, no doubt. Um, so, and, and there's, a, there's a pond there. I don't know if that was there at the time of the battle, but that, that's, a, that's a really neat, uh, if you want to rent out the entire house, uh, Jackie White from the um, Dobbin House actually owns it. Yeah, that's what so we that's did. We rented a whole house. Richard Feeler was there uh, with his wife and my team. Yep. And yeah, it was a blast. Absolutely a blast. And, and Mark got us, oh, you're going to love this, Ian. Mark got us, uh, Richard and I, uniforms. Union and oh, oh I've, yeah. I've seen that picture. Yes, it's I've a seen great the picture, picture. Yeah. One of my favorites because yeah, yeah. he wanted to do them as kind of a trigger device. And uh -huh. yeah. yeah. Nice. Yeah. That was, that was awesome. That. Cool. Absolutely awesome. Uh, one thing you forgot to mention, and and people might not realize it, but like at the the Lady Daniel Farm, and I can't believe I'm I said that right, right, which is unbelievable. But uh, for me saying anything right, but in that like that room that was a surgeon, Mark said that 
there was so many, and, and also in the bond, there were so many limbs that they were like piles of them, right? They would yeah. just toss them out the window. God. Oh. Yeah, they, they would talk about, uh, uh, as they're getting closer in the, at night to these, to these hospitals, uh, they, would, they would see from a distance these weird pyramids they oh. called outside the windows. And as they Gross. got closer, there were piles of, of feet and arms and oh. legs and hands piled oh. up to the window ledge outside and uh no it was it was not pleasant after the battle or during the battle there and for weeks and weeks and weeks after the battle it was and and why did they cut off the limbs and uh yeah mock why did they cut off the limbs well it was the quickest way to um handle a uh, a wound of an extremity with the the mini they called it a mini ball but it was not small it was 58 caliber that's the size of your thumb and it was soft lead, so when it if it hit your leg or your arm, it would sh- completely shatter the bone. Uh, and so they could hardly, uh, they probably wouldn't be able to do anything about it now except amputate. But um, they they amputated arms and legs just every ten minutes. They were cutting off a leg or an arm and tossing oh it out the window. God. Unfortunately, I think we're about out of time. That's but uh, if if people wanted to get a hold of your books, Mark, where could they get them? From our website, ghostsofgettysburg.com. That's real easy to remember. Yes. And and the app, where can they get that from? Ghostsofgettysburg.com will have a link. Your one-stop shopping center. Nice. It really is. It really is. (laughs) And if you go to Gettysburg, you've got to go to the best ghost tour in town. There is no other ghost tour as far as I'm concerned. And that's the Ghost of Gettysburg by the Mr. Gettysburg, Mark Nesbitt. Thanks, oh Ron. God, yes. We want to thank you so much for being with us tonight. My pleasure. Yes, thank always, you. It's always fun. That's so is great. Always great. We're gonna get you up here again too. Yeah. Okay. We should come up there sometime. That would be fun. That would be yeah. Great. Hopefully after this virus crap is going. Uh, yeah, I can't wait. Every yeah. state is different, but I mean we're getting there. So yeah. hopefully. Yeah. One, I, I've been look. I've been watching myself because I've been on Zoom, right? So I'm looking at my face. My face is looks like I've been out in the sun, but I had some kind of bandana on here. But that's just the light off my gla- going through my glasses and lighting up my thing. It's like, wow, you know how like, you you get a sunburn? It, I mean, it's but it looks. That's yeah, exactly that's what it. it looks like. Exactly what it looks like. <laughs> the, glad when Zoom's oh, over with, I'll tell you that much. I know, right? Won't we all? Won't yeah. we all? Oh, well, man. we got to wrap it up. And once again, yes. thank you, Mark. And uh, thanks, thank everyone, you. for listening and being part of uh, Ghost Chronicles Next Generation. And you can always join us on Patreon if you want to be a member of the Dead Air Society. And uh, you get exclusive material that is not available anywhere else. So till then, good night and God bless, everyone. Good night, everybody. Goalies to ghosties, long-leggedy beasties, 
and things that go bump in the night. Deliver us, good Lord.